My goodness, let's try to preach, amen. Let's go to Proverbs 14. Let's stand tonight out of respect for the reading God's words. Brother Tony Hudson would say 682 in your Schofield reference edition of the Bible, amen. Page number 682 in your Schofield reference edition of the Bible. Amen. We'll be in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 25. We'll read responsibly, so we'll read verse number 26 together. And we'll close on verse 27 as I read that. The Bible says, a true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, again, I ask you to help me preach tonight. Lord, I ask that you give me a, a manna from heaven tonight to deliver to your people. My goodness, Lord, we, we've, been, we've been just impacted with some phenomenal testimony, some great singing tonight, some powerful songs. Lord, I'm full tonight. I appreciate you just meeting with us. God, help me to deliver this message as you'd have me to do it tonight. Lord, I don't want to mess up this service. Lord, for I think the many times I feel like sometimes I do get in the way, and I don't want that to be the case tonight. Lord, I ask that you'd help me. Help me to preach as you'd have me to preach. Lord, and I do ask for those that are here tonight to hear your message. God, I ask that you just touch their hearts. Please, Lord, work in only the way you can work. Lord, I ask you to meet with us, continue to meet with us, continue to be a part of our service, and, and continue, Lord, on through the invitation time as we close out the service. Just help us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Let's just look at a simple, if you will, promising truths. So we continue our principles from Proverbs series. Just a few simple truths, and I, I really won't be long tonight. I'll, I'll, I, will, I will actually hasten tonight. And... Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll make it through this tonight. And, uh, but I'll tell you this, I'm full. My goodness, I'm full. So sometimes when I get full, I just get to preach. And I told Miss Hannah before we started tonight, I said, just buckle in because it's going to be an hour and a half long sermon. And I'm kidding. That's supposed to be a joke, y'all. That's supposed to be funny. Supposed to laugh about that. Y'all, I guess y'all just want an hour and a half. Amen. I don't know. All right. So the first thought tonight we'll notice here is the principle is the principle with our first thought. Notice here is the principle is twofold here. And first is a deliverer in this principle. In verse 25, we're talking about an individual that delivers souls. Note this, the Bible says, a true witness delivereth souls. The question is, are you delivering souls? Are you winning souls for Jesus Christ's sake? Will you do what it takes to reach others, to reach your co-workers, to reach your family members? Are you a deliverer of souls? Note the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse number 22, he says this, To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that by all means save some. The Apostle Paul said, in other words, I did what it would take to reach those around me. The Apostle Paul wasn't saying that he would dwell in sin or partake in sin. That wasn't his phraseology, if you will. Uh, uh, but he tried to be uh, of the people, if you will, so he could reach those people. He did everything he could to be a deliverer of souls. Note how it says it. It says it's a true witness are you tonight christian born again believer those that claim the name of christ are you tonight 
a true witness. The apostle, rather, Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Yes, we literally win souls to Jesus Christ. The apostle uh, John writes in the book of Revelation when he refers to Jesus and the book of Revelation as the revelation of Christ. In Revelation 1, and verse number 5, he calls Jesus the faithful witness. May I say this, as Christians, if I'm a true witness for Jesus Christ, simply put, I'm being a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm being like Christ because Christ is a faithful witness. The question is, if I live my life and I continue on and I go to work and I go to my family reunions and I, and I just conduct myself as a normal person, am I a true witness for Jesus Christ? Or on the opposite end of things, am I a deliverer? Or the question would be, am I deceitful verse 25 says but a deceitful witness speaketh lies as i move quickly through this tonight the question must be presented because i'm one or the other so which one am i am i a true witness for jesus christ or am i a deceitful witness do I not conduct myself in a manner to get men saved? Do I not uh, talk to others so men might be saved? Or do I hold back? Do I relax from the truth? Do I hide the truth within me in so much so that in my deception, I speak lies even in my actions because I'm not a true witness for Christ? We find as a deceitful witness, there are trickeration, there's lies. Do we get into a conversation about religion at work and we placate to those individuals so we soften up the truth and just make it, well, yeah, I understand. Yeah, you're right. Everybody's just going to be okay. That's a deceitful witness, folks. May I go so far as to even say this, that any preacher that won't present the truth in a formidable fashion from the Word of God, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you reject it, you go to a place called hell. Hey, hear me on this. A preacher that doesn't do that, he's a deceitful witness. He's a liar. 1 Timothy 4, verse number 1 and 2, Paul writes, as no one speaking on the latter days, he says this, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed hear this now to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies in hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron note this they depart from the faith they give heed to seducing spirits they and the doctrine of devils and then they speak lies in hypocrisy well the only way they can speak lies in hypocrisy is if this person themselves could even be a born-again believer speaking falsehoods watch this now giving heed to seducing spirits but it no longer bothers them because their conscience has been seared with a hot iron they've become a deceitful witness they once might have been a true witness. They once might have thundered out the word of God truthfully. They might have been that individual on the job site or in the office or, or in the uh, wherever you work at or at the family dinners or what have you, or even to their own children spoke the right truth of God's word. But then things shifted and changed. They softened up and they became a deceitful witness. We not only find the principle tonight, but notice here the product. 
The product begins in verse number 26 with a recognition of the product. The Bible says in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. The fear, listen now, the fear of man brings a snare, but confidence is in the fear of the Lord. See, we worry many times about what man thinks when we ought to worry about what God thinks. And if I fear what God thinks and, and I fear God, listen, that brings confidence and security and peace in my life. It delivers from the fear of man. Why? Because I fear God over fearing man. What did the Apostle Peter say when they forbade him to spake in the name of Jesus? He said, well, we'd rather obey God than man. Paul says in Acts 20, verse number 24, but notice this, but none of these things move me. What? All the trials, the tribulations, the imprisonments, the beatings, the stonings, the shipwrecks. None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He said, it's not a big deal to me because I put confidence in Christ, not in me. But the truth is, as many Christians today, we put our confidence in everything else, but the Word of God says the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. What does God think of me? What does God think about my life? What does God think about my walk with Him? Not, not what does the pastor think, because you don't give an account to your pastor. At the judgment seat of Christ, it'll be the judgment seat of Christ and no one else. I will not be there other than being judged. <laughs> There's not a, I don't have a hammer and a gavel up here. I am no one. But there's times when people fear even what the pastor thinks. Fear what the deacons think. Fear another Christian and what somebody else might think. Fear what the lost world thinks. But the truth of the matter is, Christian, we need to learn to put our fear in God, thus bringing about great confidence in our lives. We not only find the recognition in the product, but notice the refuge of the product. Verse number 26. I told you I was going to be quick tonight. And his children shall have a place of refuge. Now this is twofold and take it as you will. But the first thought here tonight is the children of God shall have refuge. Because his children, the implication here, watch this now, he doesn't say the man that fears the Lord is there is confidence in it, but in the fear of the Lord, thus pertaining to probably the first part of it, the children of God shall have refuge. Why? Because they feared God. And thus, they, because they feared God, they followed God. Note, the second portion of it, though, and it could apply this way, is that the children of the man that fear God have refuge themselves. Why? Because the man that fears God, he lives his life out in a, such a way that his children see the fear of God. Thus, in turn, they learn to fear God by their own daddy's actions. And so they find refuge. They find refuge because I found refuge. I found refuge because I feared God. Not because I'm someone special. But my question is this. 
is where is your confidence tonight? Is your confidence found in, in the almighty dollar, in your beautiful home, in your automobile, your family? Or is your confidence found in the fear of God? Because my confidence ought to reside there. Note that he says refuge. What's a refuge? A refuge is a safe harbor. It's a safety net. It's a shield. It's a, it's a, it's a buckler. Whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it's a place where you're safe. Notice I hasten tonight is the promise here in verse number 27. Notice here the testimony of the promise. The Bible says this, that the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. It's an overflowing, ever-flowing, spewing forth, huge, enormous spring of comfort and joy. That's the fear of the Lord. You say, well, I don't want to live in fear of God. Well, listen to me tonight. When we fear God and we live in such a place where we live within the confines of God, God's boundaries, we live at full liberty within those boundaries. We know God's, listen, we know God's borders. It's no different than a child that's raised with a disciplinarian home and a disciplined home. That child is way happier than many of the children that you see in society. Why? Because one minute, mama might be mad about this, and then the next time she tells little Sally no 343 times after counting to 9,416, and then she blows up, and now this child doesn't know what to do with her life. And it's like this. It's turmoil. It's crazy. It's nuts. So that there's no actual true fear or respect there with mom. Because mom hasn't set the standard or daddy hasn't set a standard there. But God has a set of standards there. It's called the word of God and he's given it to us. And we live by the principles of God's book. Watch this now. We live a much more joyous, happy beautiful life because as though it is the fountain of life as the word of God living in the fear of God with that freedom to flow from God's book it's a learning process it's not a Lord I've got it all figured out every day we need to learn to re-fear the Lord every day we must ask ourselves that question and present it to ourselves Lord, what do you think about this decision? I love when I hear some of, the, the, uh, some of y'all say, Pastor, yeah, I just was talking to God. And I said, God, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I really want you to help me out. I want you to make this decision for me. What do you think about this, God? Man, it's just, whoo, glory to God. Every decision we make, it ought to be hinged upon what does the Lord think about this? It doesn't matter what it is. We not only find the testimony tonight in the promise, but notice also the tool of the promise tonight. Verse number 27, the Bible says, watch this now, it's a tool. The fear of the Lord is a tool. Don't miss it. To depart from the snares of death. We use the fear of God to depart from death. Note, this fear, this death rather, keeps me... Uh, is twofold. No, the day I got born again, the day I got saved, I got saved because I was fearful of God, thus trusting in Him and His Son, because I did not want to go to a place called hell, the wrath of God. I feared the wrath of God. 
and I escaped the snares of death. Note this, further down the road in my Christian faith. The Bible tells us when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Even farther than that, whether it be spiritual death or literal physical death, those snares, those traps of Satan that are set forth before me to entrap me, to pull me aside, to cause spiritual death in my life, in the life of loved ones and family members and friends. Watch this now. It will keep me from that. Watch this now. The fear of God will keep me from falling into the traps of Satan. I'll see those traps coming. But I've got to learn to fear God. I've got to learn to get outside of myself and really and truly, and I, I know I keep saying it, but hear me now, really and truly care what God thinks. The truth is, if we're honest with ourselves tonight, many of us don't live every decision based upon what God thinks. Thus, well, we talked about this morning with the lost sheep getting way out there in the wilderness. That lost sheep never cared what the shepherd thought. Right? And our shepherd, the chief shepherd, right? Jesus Christ. We just go out there. We don't care what he thinks. Next thing we know, we're the lost sheep way out there in the wilderness. I lost our minds. Don't even act like a Christian anymore. Pastor, that can never be me. That could be every one of us. Barring the grace and mercy of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that could be me tonight. There's nothing stopping this preacher from losing his mind but fearing God. Actually trying to do everything to please Him. You say, preacher, do you have it figured out? No. Do I? Preacher, is every decision you make based upon fearing God? Unfortunately, no. It's a struggle. But I must learn to remind myself that in my flesh dwells no good thing. Thus I must ask, while I'm in my flesh, while I'm in my flesh, does this please you? And, and I'm not talking about, don't, don't, don't get all smart alecky on it because that's what those carnal Christians do. Well, God, does tie in my shoe please you? Don't, 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 get, don't get all crazy about it now. You know what I'm talking about here. Does this please you, God? What happens if I fear Him? I'm protected from the snares of death. I'm kept from the snares of death. Who wants to entrap me and pull me down and weigh me down, get me uh, uh, involved in a gross, perverse, vile, wicked place and sin? What keeps me from that is fearing God. Listen, every one of us, young, old, don't matter who we are, where we're from, we can all be snared. I know a gentleman right now, I was just talking to someone today, was a bus director at a large church, loved God. You, I mean, this guy was on fire for Jesus. He had a very large bus route. I, his bus route itself, average, not high day, averaged 70, Brother Jared, 70 on his bus route, average. His two children in the ministry serving God full-time today. 
And about six months ago, just up and decided he was leaving his wife for another woman. Never would have thought it. There's no possible way that this could have happened to this man. What happened? He stopped fearing God. Listen now. He stopped fearing God and he was caught in a trap of death. It's pulled him down. Now his wife's moved away from their home and living with their, one of their children. And you know what it brings even to the lady? Sweet, 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 dear godly lady. You know what it brings to her? Shame. It wasn't her fault. What happened? Somebody stopped fearing God. Preacher, that wouldn't happen to me. Careful. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord in every decision you make. Fear God. Does it matter what I think? Eh, whatever. All right. You determine that. Does it matter what the deacons think? Eh, I don't know, whatever. You determine that. But it ultimately, it does matter what God thinks. Every decision. Every decision. From the television show I watch, the music I listen to on my radio. Don't get upset at me tonight. To how I conduct myself at my place of uh, work. How I conduct myself with my wife and my children. It matters. All of it matters to God. Snare of death. It's, listen, the fear of the Lord is a tool to escape that. It's like, illustrate th this way, it's like our HESCO barriers that we had in the military. We were deployed in Afghanistan, filled with sand and rock and gravel. And then our bunkers that we built inside of our compound, we had some T-walls brought in, and then we filled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sandbags. Brother Mark, I know that in the Air Force that you thought they just came on pallets shipped to you, but we literally had to fill them up. Hundreds of them building a, building a bunker. Why did we build a bunker? Because there was a snare, an indirect fire, a recoilless rifle around a 155, an 81, whatever, coming in on our heads all the time. We had to have a safe haven, a place to go to get safe. You know what that place to go to get safe in the spiritual life is? The fear of God. The fear of God is my bunker. The fear of God is my sandbags. The fear of God is my fighting position. That's what the fear of God is. Keeps me from death. Keeps me from death. Protects me. God, what do you think? I know this wasn't the entire message, but there was two verses on the fear of God tonight. We got nothing else from this message tonight. You get nothing else from this short, simple message tonight. Get this. What does God think? But tonight I would like to challenge you to come tonight, get on the altar, and just simply ask God, what does he think about your life? And ask God to help you live by that principle. What does God think? Let's pray tonight. Most gracious Heavenly Father, again we thank you for your wonderful book. 
Thank you for these simple truths you've given us. Lord, thank you for helping me move for this message tonight and not labor. Lord, I do ask that you help us to truly evaluate our hearts tonight and truly look deep within us tonight to, to find the truth of your book within us. Lord, whether it be a true witness and faithful witness and so forth, or simply put, we would be a true witness if we just feared you. If all of our actions were just hinged upon one thought, what does God think? Please, Lord, help us tonight to live in that fashion. 